The Grizz Podcast is an outreach to Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated, and this show would not exist without the financial support of listeners just like you. We don't want to litter this podcast with advertisements for businesses or various products, so if this show is a blessing to your life, then be a blessing back to our nonprofit ministry by becoming a monthly supporter for as little as $10 or $20 per month. It really does help us do what we do. Simply go to narrowtrail.com and click on our Gib page to set that up, narrowtrail.com. Click on the Gib page. It is safe. It is secure. It is easy. You can cancel it any time, and we don't give away any of your information. There's also a link in the show notes And I want to give a big shout out of thanks to all of our 2022 financial supporters. Super grateful for you guys. You guys are awesome, dude. Thank you for supporting the Grizz podcast. Yeah. So modern day research reveals that stress, anxiety, worry, conflict is bad for your body. It actually increases inflammation, makes you more susceptible to sickness and disease. A lot of you know it. I battle Lyme disease. I've had multiple Lyme disease doctors tell me that I need to relax, stay calm, meditate like daily. They also said I need to avoid stress, conflict, arguments, etc. Or it hinders the healing process. That is often easier said than done when you have a wife and kids, but I'm trying. My point is that doctors, MDs, are telling me to do this, not some new age Buddhist guru. Medical doctors have seen firsthand what being at peace, staying calm, relaxing, meditating can do to help the physical body heal. And they've also seen how stress, conflict, tension, anxiety, panic can hinder healing and even make your physical health worse. It's always been fascinating to me how the state of the heart and the mind affects the health of the physical body. The deep interconnection of the mind, the soul, the body is real, and we need to pay close attention to it as men. In his book, Chronic, which is subtitled The Hidden Cause of the Autoimmune Pandemic and How to Get Healthy Again, Stephen Phillips, MD, writes, Deep breathing and meditation in particular seem to trigger the relaxation response in ways that prevents the body from translating psychological worry into physical inflammation. The experience of the relaxation response also appears to change cellular connections in areas of the brain associated with the stress response. Fascinating. In his book, Unlocking Lyme, Dr. Bill Rawls writes, Excessive stress is the worst type of immune depressant. To overcome invisible threats that are the root of chronic illness, you must reduce perceived threats and learn to not be driven or consumed by conflict. Let things roll off your shoulders as much as possible. That's good advice, man. Says it actually helps. It helps the healing process when you do that. So this morning, I was reading Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30 really stood out to me because I'm thinking about all of this that I was just talking to you guys about. And uh, verse 30 says, a tranquil heart gives life to the body. A tranquil heart gives life to the body. Staying calm, having a heart that's at peace, relaxed, gives life to the body. I thought to myself, how many years ago did our creator write that? And we're just now figuring all this out. 
like thousands and thousands of years ago, God was telling us, it's what you need to do. Crazy. It's another thing that reveals that the Bible is not outdated and irrelevant to whatever you're going through. Anyway, here's where you come in. For us as men, when we take regular time to relax, meditate, de-stress, it's good for us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically. It makes us better, makes us healthier. It even makes us more productive. For us to not take time to relax, meditate, de-stress is actually detrimental to our lives, and we're going to pay a painful price down the road. For me personally, the best place to relax, meditate, pray, de-stress has always been in the outdoors, and I know that's true for many of you who are listening. A hike through the woods, mountain biking, kayaking, fishing, sitting in a hunting stand or a hunting blind, just being outside in nature does wonders for me. I've come across some fascinating research about the benefits of spending regular time in the outdoors that I want to share with you on this episode. It's really going to help you if you listen and take heed. It could even improve your physical health. It's going to motivate you to get out of that office, get off that couch, get away from your screens, and get into the amazing outdoors because it is so dang good for you. So here we go. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast. It's going to be raw. It's going to be real. And it's going to be relevant. We're here to guide, encourage, and equip you to live the manly life that God is calling you to live. It's time for you to step up and man up. That's what God expects, and that's what this jacked-up world desperately needs. Now here's our host, Jason George. What is going down on my brothers from other mothers? Hope you're doing well. Thanks for tuning in, listening to the wildest podcast for Christian men in the universe. You're wild, man. Wild. Never gets old. What's going down with me lately? Had a big Christmas party here at our house this past weekend. Was a good time. I got hooked up from some brothers from other mothers. Two friends gifted me some bottles of bourbon. It's awesome, man. Good stuff. After the party was over, uh, one of them stuck around and we sat on my back deck around the fire, enjoyed some bourbon and cigars. Don't judge. Made me think of an old quote by the great preacher Charles Spurgeon. He says, when I have found intense pain relieved, a weary brain soothed, and calm, refreshing sleep obtained by a cigar, I have felt grateful to God and blessed his name. Amen. Amen and amen. There's another good one where he says, what for some is sin, others do to the glory of God. And the good Dr. Pentecost words, notwithstanding, I intend to go home tonight and smoke a cigar to the glory of God. It's a kind of incense drifting to heaven. (laughs) Love Spurgeon. I look forward to smoking many cigars with him while riding 
the backs of two grizzly bears in the new heaven and the new earth. Anyway, what else is going down? I recently got a new pair of athletic shoes. Don't know if you call them tennis shoes. I used to do that growing up, but I never played tennis. It's a name brand I've never heard of, but they came highly recommended by like three people. They're called Hoka. Hoka. H-O-K-A. Don't know if you got them. Dude, if you don't got them, you need to get them. They are the most comfortable shoe I've ever worn in my life. I'm not kidding. I love them. And no, I'm not getting any kind of kickback from Hoka for telling you that. Just wanted to tell you what's going on in my life. Exciting. What else is going down? Got in an argument with my wife last night. That was awesome. Thankfully, we resolved it this morning. I was so mad at her last night, went and slept in the guest bedroom. Just didn't want to argue anymore. Don't know if you ever done that. But uh, then I was up for the majority of the night thinking about everything that was said. Really bothered me, stressed me, hate conflict. It made my physical symptoms worse. My headache was horrible last night. Insomnia most of the night. Like I said earlier, my Lyme doctors have said, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to avoid stress, conflict, arguments. I'm trying. But at times, it happens, right? Welcome to the planet. Welcome to marriage. Welcome to having kids. <laughs> the best I can do is try to avoid it and try to resolve it quickly. Don't carry around that pent-up anger and stress, that worry. It's not good. Just keeping it real with you guys. I don't live a perfect life. I don't have a perfect marriage. I don't have perfect kids. I'm not a perfect dad. Sometimes, I've said it before, I suck. I suck at all of it sometimes. Anyway, enough small talk. Let's get into the meat of this week's episode. Talk about the healing power of getting in the outdoors on a regular basis to just relax, to meditate, to de-stress, just to connect with God and his beautiful creation. There is healing power in doing that. So I'm going to go grab a warm-up on my coffee. I'll be right back. But here, right now, you can enjoy one of my favorite 80s tunes while I go get a warm-up on my coffee. Yeah, because we're live, brother. I'm not stopping this. I'm not editing this later. We're live. It's how we roll. some good stuff right there man you know what i'm saying like dude take me back yes indeed that's the gap band you dropped a bomb on me 
Have you ever seen the music video to that? It's like hilarious. Got the three dudes, they're all wearing camo, head to toe, with sparklies all over their camo. They got khaki safari hats on. They're dancing around the whole time, whole music video, with images. These random images come up of old fighter planes dropping bombs. It's just bizarre, man. It's like bizarre. It's the 80s. That's why it's good stuff. Anyway, on a serious note, let's rip into the meat. So research is revealing that all of our screen time is bad for us, Hmm. as if we didn't know. One reason it's bad for us is because it's removing something good from our lives. Being outdoors in nature. All of our screen time is removing that. We are spending less and less time outdoors. In today's world, most people spend little to no time in the outdoors. Statistics reveal that more than half of the Americans here in this country don't go outside for any type of recreation at all. That's approximately 165 million Americans who don't go outside for any type of recreation at all. That is crazy to me. They're constantly indoors, behind walls, unnatural light, no fresh air. And most of the time, they're staring at a screen. They're staring at a freaking screen. They don't even enjoy a casual walk or jog or ruck or bike ride. They don't go outside. 165 million Americans are living that way day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And it's not good, man. It's not good. Did you know that in today's time, 2022, kids spend 50% less time outside than what their parents did? That is pathetic. That is so sad. That's what's wrong. One of the things that's wrong with this younger generation. They're not outside enough. Man, when I was growing up, I lived outside. I know many of you were the same way. For me, the late 70s and 80s was the time period of my childhood, and it was full of playing outside. I'm talking about Tonka trucks, G.I. Joes, riding BMX bikes, riding skateboards, building trails through the woods, building forts, climbing trees, playing war, playing football, basketball, kickball, soccer, jumping on a friend's trampoline, fishing, swimming in a pool or the neighborhood lake. Shooting BB guns, sometimes at one another. Playing flashlight tag at night. Tent camping in the woods with friends. The majority of my childhood was spent outside, as it should be. Did I play some video games? Sometimes, but not that much. I had an Atari, and then I had an original Nintendo. I wasn't really allowed to be in my house unless I was doing homework or eating a meal or sleeping. My stepmom wanted me out. But honestly... I didn't want to be inside that much because I hated my stepmom. And I always love being in the outdoors. When I'm inside for too long, I don't feel right, man. Like it messes with me. Like mentally and physically, I just don't feel right. After I work in my office for a few hours, when I'm reading, researching, writing, coaching, whatever I'm doing in my office, I have to get up, go outside for at least a few minutes, I might go out for a walk, a bike ride, just sit on my back deck, listen to the birds and the wind, the squirrels for a little bit. 
Might go out, throw the ball to my chocolate lab, Remy. Might grab the BB gun and shoot a squirrel. Then I'm ready to go back, do some more office work. I swear it's good stuff. I'm better for it. I'm more productive because of it. I was reading about this biologist, E.O. Wilson. Excuse me. Dude received his doctorate at Harvard. Now, this guy says that humans have an ingrained call to be in nature, an ingrained call to be in nature. He believes we have programmed within our genes a need to be in and connect with nature and living things. He says if we don't, then we don't function properly because we're missing a necessary nutrient for our body, mind, and sense of self. I totally think this guy's onto something. I think that's exactly what I feel when I'm inside my office for too long. Something is not right. Like it's ingrained in my DNA, man. I got to get outside. I got to do something wild. You're wild, man. Wild. Made me think how when God created Adam and Eve, he didn't place them in an office or a house or a city, but he placed them in a garden with living things all around them. Trees, grass, dirt, birds, animals, insects, sunshine, wind, rivers, etc. No screens. Just real life in the real world in real time with real people and real animals. It was amazing. It was perfect harmony in the beginning. Everything was the way it should be. Anyway, as I started out saying, research is showing that all our screen time is bad for us. It's removing something good from our lives. And that good thing that it's removing is being outdoors. In his book, his amazing book, The Comfort Crisis, Michael Easter says that humans have long considered nature something of an organic Xanax. He mentions that around 1550 BC, the Egyptians had a complex network of quote-unquote pleasure gardens designed just for the purpose of de-stressing. He goes on to mention that around 500 BC, Cyrus the Great commissioned gardens for the capital of Persia, modern-day Iran, to improve his citizens' health and increase the sense of calm in his city. Nearly every civilization since that time has had parks and gardens for people to find peace and calm, a place outdoors to de-stress. There's this Japanese study that found that people who spent 15 minutes, just 15 minutes, sitting or walking through nature experienced drops in blood pressure, heart rate, and stress hormone levels. Another study found that people who spent two hours in nature felt a significant drop in anxiety, depression, and hostility. In fact, Michael Easter talks about how Japanese scientists are so confident and the power of nature, that they began taking groups of people with bad hearts, kidneys, or immune systems, or bad immune systems into nature for time to do what they call forest bathing. Incredibly, each group showed improvements. The people with heart disease saw their blood pressure levels drop to those of a healthy person. Diabetics had blood sugar levels get close to a normal figure. And get this, The people with weak immune systems 
started pumping out 150% more natural killer cells in their body. These are the cells that naturally kill off the infections that are trying to kill you. All just from forest bathing, being out in nature for a good amount of time. It's insane. Michael Easter goes on and he says, the world is full of sick people. The number increasing rapidly, the closer one gets to a sofa or soda fountain. Rates of chronic mental and physical diseases are skyrocketing across the world. But the way we deal with our sick is imperfect. We treat symptoms, not causes. We treat symptoms, not causes. Pumping people full of expensive pills that come with astonishing side effects. Easter goes on to explain how across the globe, there is now a network of legit nature researchers studying all the ways that being in nature can help humans. They're proving, proving that the outdoors is a potent antidote to the modern human condition of chronic disease and being overstressed, overstimulated, and overworked. They're also discovering how real people with jobs, kids, and commitments can easily work nature into their busy lives. He interviews this woman named Rachel Hopman, who's a psychology researcher at the University of Utah. In 2016, this woman, Hopman, led a study that found that just a 20-minute walk, just a 20-minute walk in a city park can cause profound changes in the neurological structure of our brains. It leaves us feeling calmer and with sharper and more productive creative minds. But get this, get this guys, the people who use their cell phone on that nature walk saw none of those benefits. Her colleagues at the University of Michigan found 20 minutes outside three times a week is the dose of nature that most efficiently drop people's levels of the stress hormone cortisol. Again, the participants didn't experience that drop when they took their cell phones with them and stared at their screens. Hopman says that when you're in nature with your cell phone, your brain, well, I'm sorry, when you're in nature without your cell phone, your brain enters a mode called soft fascination. It's where you're lightly focusing outwardly on the nature around you. You're taking it all in, all the beautiful things in nature that are nice to look at. But you're not overwhelmed by taking in too much. Brain scans show that soft fascination is a lot like meditation. Hopman described it as a mindfulness-like state that restores and builds the resources we need to think, create, process information, and execute task. It's mindfulness without meditation, but it only works as long as the phone is put away and we aren't sticking earbuds in our ears to listen to music or podcast. It needs to be just you and nature becoming one. Man, that's what I do when I'm out in my kayak. If I catch some fish, I'm like, great. But if I catch no fish, it's still a win for me. Same with mountain biking. Man, when I'm out there on my mountain bike, I'm not competing with anybody when I do the local 14-mile loop trail. 
I'm there for me. I'm there for me to enjoy the woods, to get my body moving, sweating, detoxing, de-stressing. No doubt, dude. I feel better and I think better when I'm in the outdoors. I have seen my pain symptoms drastically reduce when I get in the outdoors. I am most creative in the outdoors. A lot of really good ideas come to me when I'm in the wilderness that never come to me when I'm sitting behind a desk staring at a computer screen or sitting on my couch. That's why when I go in the outdoors, I always take my journal and pen with me because I never know what's going to come to me. Being in the outdoors definitely lowers my stress. It's relaxing. It's calming. It's therapeutic. But I agree with what this lady Hopman has found in her research. I have to disconnect from technology when I'm in the outdoors to get that, to get the relaxation, re- relaxing, calming, therapeutic effect. I have to disconnect from technology. If I get out in the woods or get on the river in my kayak and I just stay on my phone the whole time, checking emails, text messaging, taking phone calls, scrolling social media, taking pics, posting them, reading the news, listening to podcasts, then I don't experience the relaxation and calm that I could experience, that I really need. Hopman goes on to say, in today's economy where people can't detach from work emails, nearly a quarter to half of all employees say they're burnt out and nature may be the best recovery tool for the condition. There's other research that shows that even having a view of nature out of a hospital window helps people recover quicker. That same publication said that patients with window views had fewer complications, complained less, and didn't need to pop as many pills. She went on to say that people who live near green spaces are less at risk of all kinds of diseases. A review on the topic showed that people who did live near green spaces were less likely to have heart attacks, strokes, asthma, diabetes, and dude, they were also, listen to this, more likely to survive cancer if they live near green spaces. Some people listening may say they're too busy, too busy to enjoy time in nature, Grizz. But I wonder how much time those who say that spend scrolling social media or watching ESPN or Netflix or whatever. Hopman says that she tells busy people about the productivity and creativity benefits of nature. She said that we should think of a short walk outside like a high return investment on yourself. Those 20 minutes in the park may cause you to pump out like 20 more things rather than the 18 that you would have done had you tried to power through the day in burnout mode. That's so true, man, for me. As I said earlier, being in nature helps me be more creative. I end up being more productive when I am in the office if I stop and take regular time to just go outside for a while. Another interesting thing that Hopman revealed from her research is that the wilder the nature, the better. The wilder the nature, the better. You're wild, man. Wild. She said any time in nature is beneficial, but spending more time in wilder spaces does seem to give more benefits. 
One study found that the groups who spent time in wilder outdoor spaces versus a city park, those people were more tranquil, more relaxed, and more restored. So the wilder the nature, the better. And I like that. I agree with that. That is so grizzin right there. There's also this fascinating thing that I got to mention. It's called the three-day effect. The three-day effect. Hopman talks about it. She says to experience this level of the three-day effect, it requires backcountry nature, a trip into the wild places that begin where dirt roads end, places characterized by spotty cell reception, wild animals, and a lack of bathrooms and other humans. It can take about three days to get that full disconnect and relaxation. Michael Easter writes that, Research into the three-day effect was spurred on by a guy named Ken Sanders. From decades of river rafting going back to the 1980s, I've long been aware of the metamorphosis or transformation that occurs on day three of wilderness trips, Sanders told Easter. Another guy he talked to about this three-day effect was David Strayer, a hardcore nature junkie and neuroscientist from the University of Utah. He writes, uh, Easter writes, that in Strayer's many years of backpacking through the Red Rock Canyons of southern Utah, he'd experienced the buzz himself, that calm, altered spectrum of thinking that seems to enhance perception and peacefulness and dial back time and space. He'd even had conversations with friends and other academics who'd experienced the same. He goes on, but he'd never heard a timeline stamped on it. He wondered if the three-day effect was something he could study. Strayer gave it a try in 2012. He and his team talked their way onto a handful of outward-bound backpacking trips. The rule was no cell phone in the wilderness. Half of the outward-bound students the morning before their trip took what was called the RAT or rat tests for creativity. The tests where three words are thrown out and we have to figure out their common denominator. The other half took the test after their third techless day in the backcountry. The people who were tested after the wilderness trip scored 50% better. Strayer thought he might see an improvement by day three, but 50%, that's no fluke. It was enough to establish the three-day effect as a concept worth chasing. The research has been building ever since. Another study found that people who spent a handful of days paddling the water of the Minnesota backcountry scored much higher on the rat test, R-A-T, whatever, compared to people who took it indoors. Another piece of research discovered that vets who spent six days on a backcountry trip, saw their stress symptoms plummet. We now know that the three-day effect doesn't wash off since we're back home. Scientists at UC Berkeley found that U.S. military vets who spent four days rafting in southern Utah were still feeling the effects a week later. Their PTSD symptoms and stress levels were down 29 and 21 percent, respectively. Their relationships, happiness, and general satisfaction with their lives were all improved as well. Michael Easter goes on and says that John Muir, 
1901 put it this way. I love this quote. Nerve-shaken, over-civilized people are beginning to find out that going to the mountains is going home, that wilderness is a necessity, and that mountain parks and reservations are useful not only as fountains of timber and irrigating rivers, but as fountains of life. Three or more days in the wild is like a meditation retreat, except talking is allowed and the experience is free of cost and gurus. The rewilding of our body and brain usually goes something like this. On the first day, stress and health markers improve, but we are still adjusting to the discomfort of nature. We're thinking about how it sucks to be cold, missing our phone, and still focusing on the anxieties we left behind. What's happening at work and whether we close the garage door. By day two, our mind is settling and awareness is heightening. We're caring less about what we left behind and are beginning to notice the sights, smells, and sounds around us. Then day three hits. Now our senses are completely dialed in and we can reach a fully meditative mode of feeling connected to nature. The discomfort isn't so bad. It has, in fact, shifted to a welcome sensation that signals a calmness and feeling of life satisfaction. Which brings us back to Strayer and Hopman. Strayer started a class that delves into the psychological benefits of nature. Hopman was his graduate student at the time. For the course's capstone, the two would take the students camping for four days into one of the most remote spots in the lower 48, Sand Island Campground outside of Bluff, Utah. The kids were allowed to bring their cell phones, but sadistically, Hopman didn't mention that there's no service within miles of the campsite. So the 18 to 22-year-olds would arrive, try to post outdoor photos to Instagram, be stonewalled, and then go through the five stages of receptionless grief. (laughs) He says there was denial, where they would walk around arm in the air trying to get service. Then there was anger, where they'd curse their service provider and toss their phone into the tent. Then there was bargaining where they'd consider hiking to a nearby peak to perhaps get service. Then there was depression, where they'd long deeply to post that status update. And finally, there was acceptance, where they'd realize, hey, I may actually survive, and this phoneless nature stuff isn't so bad after all. Somewhere between denial, anger, and bargaining, On day one, Hopman would have strapped complicated brainwave measuring devices onto the skulls of the students. Three days later, once the students had hit acceptance, she'd retest them. The students' day one brainwaves were beta waves. These are frenetic type A go, go, go waves. But by day three, they'd be riding what are called alpha and theta waves. These are the same waves found in experienced meditators and people who have lapsed into an effortless flow state. These rare waves reset your thinking, revive your brain, tame burnout, and just make you feel better. You don't really see the good alpha and theta waves appear in the short excursions outside, said Hopman. That's why taking a backcountry trip each year is so important. Michael Easter finishes up and he says, we in the modern world are riding high, violent beta brainwaves more often than any humans in history. And the message is clear. 
time in nature is a hell of a way to calm the turbulent sea inside our minds. Again, comes from Michael Easter's book, The Comfort Crisis. I've mentioned it before here on the podcast. I've told you guys, get that book. Tell your wife to get that book for you. It is really interesting, fascinating read. I want to wrap up by just saying, get outside, my brothers. Get outside. On a regular basis, go outside. Walk, hike, run, ruck, bike, kayak, fish, hunt, golf, frisbee golf. Sit by the ocean, a river, a lake. Watch the birds, the wildlife. If it's cold, bundle up. Plan that three to four day wilderness trip to go hunting, fishing, hiking, biking, or just to be alone, to sit, to read, to pray, to relax. Those prolonged, multi-day wilderness trips for me have been some of the best memories of my life. So get out there, man. Go do it. Make time outside in nature a regular thing you do, and I promise Research proves it. You'll be better off for it. It is good for you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Stay tuned for a couple closing items of Grizz Biz. Number one, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to the Grizz podcast. Number two, share this episode with a friend or your men's group. Copy the link, shoot them a text message, be like, hey man, check this out. This was some good stuff. You need this, dude. Introduce them to the Grizz. What else? I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. If you're a regular listener, this show's a blessing to you. Be a blessing back to our nonprofit. Become a supporter of the Grizz podcast. Go to narrowtrail.com, click on the Gib page. Safe, secure, easy. Cancel at any time. Dude, even $10 or $20 a month is a real blessing back to us. It really helps. What else? If you don't have a good support accountability group to help you in your fight against porn and sexual sin, reach out to me, man. Let me know that. I would love for you to be part of one of our online climb teams. Those are our online small groups for men, Christian men who are serious about fighting porn and sexual addiction. You can email me at info at narrowtrail.com. Go to our website if you want to learn more. Fill out the short online application, narrowtrail.com. Click on the page, climb teams. I know this, the guys who are in a climb team, it's helping them. They're making progress. Because the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. What else? If you want to do a few sessions of one-on-one coaching with the Grizz online via Zoom, let me know that. It's 100% confidential and affordable. Email me at info at narrowtrail.com or go to our website, narrowtrail.com, and click on the coaching page. I meet and talk with guys online every single week. That's what I do. We have a closed Facebook group that's called the Grizz Tribe. Grizz Tribe. Would love for you to be part of that. 
I also send out a weekly or bi-weekly email full of some helpful resources to help you as a man. It's called The Growl. There's a link in the show notes. If you don't have show notes, then just go to narrowtrail.com or thegrizpodcast.com and you can sign up there. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, there's some links in the show notes. I'd love to connect with you. You know I would. Get outside, my brother.